You're listening to the A Scully Cast, brought to you by www.ascully.com. And here are your hosts, A Scully and Sid Talk. Okay, testing, testing, one, two, three. Is this microphone on? <laughs> Hello? Hello? The microphone was not the problem. Okay, it was my, my brain that was off. This is the before the after the show discussion, which includes the discussion of how last week something, quotation marks, happened to everything. Still don't know what happened. And I've, like I say, last week, I've edited 184 shows, um, 185 this week, but I can't even comprehend. I know, I know the ins and outs of the editing program. What we're referring to is last week, uh, we, you got a bunch of emails saying what happened, the podcast is blank. Like, it's all there, but it's there's no... Yeah, it was literally uh, an hour and 17 minutes, and there was about four minutes of us talking, then the rest of it was blank. So, and I know the ins and outs of my editing software, and I do the same edit every week. I put the, I put the titles on, and then I put the music at the end. I can't see or comprehend what could go wrong in that process. It's not exactly rocket science. You know, some people on these other podcasts say, oh, I hate editing, it takes me... All week almost to get it all done, and you can't believe how much work it is. It's not any work at all. It takes me what twenty minutes to to edit and upload. Right. I can have this podcast thirty minutes after the end of the show. It can be up, so it's not that difficult. Um, and we just do a one take thing because if we make a mistake, screw it. Right. I mean, it's better that way. I think it's no yeah. point in editing out mistakes. So you know, if we don't we, make mistakes. No, but if we <laughs> if we do say. Oh yeah, Bradley Cooper, he was in um, Indiana Jones and the Temple of Doom, and he wasn't. Well, so be it, whatever. You know what I'm saying? Like yeah, if yeah. we get If we get something wrong, so be it. So, who knows what happened? There was no podcast last week, apart from our... We, we made, made a 20-minute kind of catch-up version. But you did miss some of the best stuff we've ever done, unfortunately. <laughs> Well, we can't say because we don't we don't always remember everything we've said. No, I, I do remember it was one of the best. Now ones. here's your, here's a wife talking or wife slash girlfriend slash other half. You know the woman of the thing. And You're the man, my wife, actually. The man, no. yes, I'm your wife. <laughs> the man makes a mistake like that, and my first reaction, my first question is, well, just you know, you have a backup, right? No. Now the answer, no. It's like insane. How can you not? Keep at least a backup copy every single week of these treasures. <laughs> I should. Uh, I do have a backup of the finished product, obviously, because it's not. It's not just on the server. It's actually on my drive, and it's actually on. An right, but once server. you made the mistake and you save yeah, it, yeah, once so you, you don't have the no. original recording, you which, don't save that. Which from this week, I will save that at least for a week. Yeah. So um, you know, because the original recording, what we're recording now, is a WAV file. It ends up really big. I mean, it can end up at a gigabyte by the end of it. And the way you check it every week is you listen to the first minute and you listen to the music at the end, and you're like, oh, good to go. Yeah. So <laughs> ne- this week, I need to check the middle also. So I, I've got a little, um, I've got a little checklist this week. Check the middle. Check the beginning. Check the end. Check in the middle at various points. Keep it. Keep a backup. And, and, read look, your, and read my email. Read your email. Also. Another lesson, because the very kind people who let you know. Because you know what? 
if I've listened to podcasts and something's gone wrong or doesn't work properly, I have emailed people. Like, I listened to this one called uh, Our Hen House. It's like a vegan. That didn't work on the Zoom. It didn't work on the Zoom, so I emailed her. She didn't know what the problem was. Uh, she talked to her tech people, and I, you know, it eventually got worked out. It might have been a Zoom update. I don't know. But, um, so when you, but someone else might have just said, oh, screw it. I'm just not going to listen to it then. But to take the time to let us know. That was very kind. And we did re-record on a Tuesday afternoon for and you people. the fact people. that you ignore your email for a whole day when people are kind and considerate enough to send you a note. Now you have to learn a lesson. Check the, at, tomorrow, after you know it's been up there for a few hours, check So um, tomorrow I will take myself out in the street and flog myself. Mm-hmm. Um, and just physically abuse myself. Fair just, enough. Just for a punishment. I think, well, that's uh, like the start of a good punishment, maybe. Yeah. <laughs> no, I'm opposed to vlogging. It's good enough for Jesus. Good enough for me. <laughs> All right. Did you want to edit that out? No. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So it's Sunday, August the 14th, 2011. This is after the show, the movie podcast. Um, this is a podcast. <laughs> Correct. It features vocals by me, A. Scully, and you, Sid Talk, our dulcet tones. <clears throat> it, um, oh, we hey. cover a movie every week, and this week's movie is Limitless on Blu-ray disc. It's a 2011 movie. It was released on Blu-ray on the 19th of July, 2011. It's the rated and the unrated cut. We watch the unrated cut, because that's that's how we roll. Um, and the tagline for this movie is, What if a pill could make you rich and powerful? It's not a very good tagline, I don't think, because it's too... It is the. It's too yeah. It's too in your face. It's it, it's yeah. not clever. It's just it's just what it is, right? So because pretty much they've just told you the whole premise, <laughs> Which, not just the premise. That is that's the movie. Yeah. So um, it's from our friends at Fox, uh, and you're going to give us the synopsis of this movie. What if a pill could make you <laughs> rich and famous? <laughs> the end. A dude comes across a pill. He's a little bit of a worn out wannabe writer. Everything's dull and gray in his life. He takes this pill that he comes across and the whole of his brain kicks in and he's able to remember, recall, and because of this, there's no superpower involved. It's just that his brain has become like That's super it. active. Everything he's ever seen and heard he remembers. He's able to act on things and like social engineer better and communicate with people better and from there he you know, it's kind of like the rip tear between Using something so amazing and wonderful as a human to improve yourself and your life. And yet, there are forces in this human world we live in that are going to rip it down, take advantage of it, um, use it up, use it for evil, all these kinds of things. And that is where we're going with it. Like, you know, I think that's a good synopsis. Yes. So, um, Limitless. Um, didn't know what to expect. I did see the trailer back in summer when it came on the theatres. I don't know where. I just saw the trailer somewhere. I was um, hesitant. I liked the premise, mind. though. I knew the premise, and I liked the idea of that premise. I felt, unfortunately, that it looked too much like Eagle Eye, or what's the one called? Leap? Leaper or something? with Jumper. Jumper with Darth Vader. Leaper. 
slight leap of that. <laughs> He's, I'm thinking quantum leap, you know, where you can... Jump, Jumper had a fantastic premise, but a shit execution. As with Eagle Eye. The yes. idea that you can yeah. watch constantly. In fact, we watched the trailer for Eagle Eye, and I said to you, that looks amazing, looks I want to see that. Because like, I like the idea of that. Because what yeah. happened then was, it reminded you of Enemy of the State, which was good. And then, it's like a chain event. So this time, I see the trailer, I'm thinking, oh, I'm worried. Style over be... substance as well, it kind of looked like in the trailer yeah. to me. But, when you... When you do see this movie, and it is a stylish, a stylistic-looking movie, it makes sense why it looks like it and mm-hmm. why it is hyper, kind of stylistic. I mean, even the opening mm-hmm. title sequence is yeah. something that I'd not seen before. Actually. Oh, no, it, it looks interesting. I'm going to say right now, before we get started any further, I love this movie. Yeah, I really I absolutely enjoyed it. I was totally there. I had, um... There I are thought, moments of questions, but... I thought you... <laughs> For some reason, most of the time while it was on, I was thinking, I bet you don't like this because you don't like that main guy. But I don't what? know why. I just thought you might think you... I don't know. I, I don't even know who he was. No, but I was <laughs> thinking when he's on the screen, I'm thinking maybe... I'm thinking he's the kind of guy you don't like that much. You mean you're spending your brain power while yeah, we're watching a movie so. to wonder what I'm thinking of? Oh, Any, anyway, some people um, might find that really romantic. So yeah, I like the premise and um, I think it was really good. I really don't, good. I don't... It's, it, there's a problem with movies like this for me. And it's inherent in myself, I think. You try to outthink it. No. No, not, not at all. In fact, what it is is, if there's a movie like this with an interesting premise that can be done, like a superhero or a superpower or, or some kind of thing you can do, even Bruce Almighty, when they get that... That's kind of the ultimate. Yeah, <laughs> when, they, when they get the power and then they show a brief... Like what they do, the kind of um, inane, kind of just normal, everyday things you could do with it. Like in Bruce Almighty, where he's making girls' skirts go up and stuff. Yeah. Enough. They never do enough of that for me. I get you. And again, in this one, they didn't for me either. And I wanted, when he did realise it, I wanted more comical moments or just moments. Uh, even, they do a montage of him getting a, a nice, getting dressed nice or getting his hair cut and stuff but I wanted a bit more of like what immediately you would do with something outside of the direct plot lines because the montage that we see are him figuring out the stock market and him figuring out how to screw screw a bunch of different women how to socialize at parties and stuff but yeah I know what you're saying like where well the one funny thing was the landlord's wife yeah it was like a moment because that's the first time you realize it takes it and one of my recommendations for this week, just look at it. The first one. Yeah? That also suffered from the... I can do this now. Well, let's have fun with it for a little yeah. while before we get that, into the okay, plot. Okay, I'll be honest. I think that would have cheapened this one. Because I wanted to understand where he's going with this. So Maybe, but, maybe, but that's the that. only problem I have. Because the rest of it, I really like. I just always think there's such a... I know you've got to fit a film into 90 minutes or however long this is, you know, two hours. But I always want, like, a fun... I always want to... When they first get the power, I always think of myself. And if I did, what would I do immediately? Would I immediately be going, okay, I've got to run the stock market? Make millions of dollars, Or would I be thinking, what can I do right now that is interesting? He cleaned his... He cleans yes, up his I life. I like that. That see, was really see, good. that was good. You know, he, he decides, yeah, I'm a slob. Like, I, I shouldn't be... So, I mean, he hooks up with his landlord's wife. He cleans his apartment. I just wanted a bit more of that. I guess they were very brief with it. They were. With the, 
Um, but apart from that, I really liked the... I don't want to spoil this movie because mm-hmm. I think it has some interesting developments. I'll be that- honest with you, not just the story I loved, but there are so many things in it. Fight scenes and stuff that are awesome. Really awesome. Different than you've seen. I did Combinations of things that you've seen before. You know, you got the... Um, uh, Old dog or whatever it's called. Old boy. Old boy. But it just... Obviously inspired It's a, a hint bit. of that. Yeah, yeah. And then you're... And my first thought was, oh. But then it's not that. It's mm. uh, switches all around. And you've got another fight scene, which is pretty... It feels a little bit... The style is... I mean, I know a lot of But that. don't think this is a movie with loads of fights no, in it. Because no. it literally is not. But I mean, those are things I don't normally like. Right. Right? So when you're throwing it at me and I'm waiting for it to be over because I want to get on with it, in this one, I was all over it. I mean, I really enjoyed it. Because him, because of him, because you know he's not Mr. Whatever, but because of being able to remember everything. He's watched Bruce Lee movies. He's seen documentaries on how to fight. I, I did like the premise of... That's awesome. That because he was kind of a loser and a procrastinator, he spent a lot of the time eating pizza, watching crappy old movies on the TV. And documentaries. And all that and, stuff soaked in to yeah, make exactly. him... So when he does eventually unlock his brain, he... Um, remembers all the inane crap that was in there that he thought was inane crap, but it's not. It's Because like, the concept of this drug is it lights up the synapses of all your brain so that somehow you access I think they explained it the best. It when was really was, good. When he was talking to the landlady. And um, he's, yeah. he's just taken the pill and he doesn't know what it's going to do to him. He doesn't even know what the premise of the pill is when he takes it. And uh, he's talking to this landlady who's giving him shit about paying his rent just... Just giving him crap, shouting, at, shouting him. at him, and uh, it's, it's it dawns on the the drug kicks in, and he he just glances certain things about her, like she has a little book sticking, she has a book sticking out of a bag. You can literally see a tiny little bit of it, and then it then he explains in his mind that when he was trying to screw some chick back, in back in college, she had this book lying on the table and. Subconsciously, it went in his head, and when he saw this book with her. Now, that explains it perfectly in just that. Right. That your brain's got a lot of information in it, but most of it's dormant and kind of stuffed down under the cushions. But this thing just brings it all to the surface. Like, And the way they use the visual trickery of making it look kind of low-def and um, subdued colours when he's not in a is a drugged up state and when he is he's like all high def and he can see I'll, I'll he's not all drugged up like you know uh requiem for a dream right no. he's like just tuned in to like everything so what they did it. was they tuned up the colors they focused the cameras better the whole thing just seems more clar- the clarity is better well we found out they literally used two used different, different film stock, stock yeah, yeah. But um, it's it's great. It was a great effect, and I I understood that it wasn't just like a throwaway thing where the director says it afterwards and says it's a little obvious. Yeah, to be obvious, honest, yeah. it's real obvious. I mean, so they that, put the colours up and everything. Yeah, that one, that part, I was like, oh, obviously his life is kind of dull, and then all of a sudden, boom, there's colour. So it was a little bit. It wasn't quite but subtle enough for but me. But it's good throughout the movie because he's not always in this heightened state. Sometimes he's he gets pretty low, like. It, mm-hmm. And it fades back into that, so you do know where he's. You know, it kind of gives the gives you a vibe the entire time. You feel like, oh yeah, I'm with him now. He's on his game. Like he's gonna do it. It's a bit of a tool now. I think about. I'm not fond of it. I real that was perhaps my favorite. You know, that cover kind of uh, shows it too. It was one of the best. We'll get to that. One of the best (laughs) things um, of the movie for me, and 
that weird Google Street View kind of thing that they do. It just it's, it's awesome, isn't it? I can't even explain what it is. It like, kind, to be honest, it made me feel a little sick. Hypnotizing. It's going. Um, it's like they're on ground view. If you've ever done a, vo- a Google Street View, and when you go forward, 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 forward. Now, when you're doing the real thing, it kind of stutters a little bit. This now that's so what they're smooth. doing. We've got like a fishbowl effect around you, and they're going super fast, zooming like down streets and through stores and down alleys and da da da. Like a kaleidoscope. Kind of. But, but in the middle, it's focused. You can always tell what it is. It's like a street behind a taxi going through a supermarket. Oh, through all the taxis? Yeah. That was really good. It's amazing looking, and the whole opening sequence is this. And it reminded me of Google Street View, but like awesome. Like not like you said, none of the stuttering. Yeah. It's just this smooth. And if you focus right in the middle of it, which you have to kind of, otherwise it makes That's you confused. That's what I had to do. I felt real sick. If you look straight in the middle of it, it's like a, it's like a weird trip. I can. It's like like you've done a drug or something, I guess. And you're, you're like, like two thousand and one, except in the middle, there's actually something there. Yeah, <laughs> and it's cool. It's, it's cool, just... really huge as well. I think it's one of the things where you need to see it. I do you think enough. this movie, the director, editor, they did. In my opinion, one of the best jobs of balancing style and substance. You know how we sometimes say, oh, there's a little substance, style over substance, a little too flashy, there's not enough here. There's, to me, there's a lot to the story. This character, I love watching this guy. The character's really beefed up through the whole, I mean, as in, there's a lot to it. Yeah, there is. Lots of twisty turns. It's actually unexpected stuff. And then on top of that, is the visual stimulation. And I feel like it's a really... Now, some other people might see it and be like, all those tricks with the camera, but it made sense. Do you know what, though? Out of the whole thing, the least interesting part for me was Robert De Niro's kind of um, involvement. Um, I know it's I know... crucial. I know it's a crux and a crucial element to the plot. It sort of symbolizes like what he thinks thinks is the height of what yeah. he could do financially and like being a power person in the Wall Street and corporations and shit. It's literally like getting him close to like like Donald Trump. Like somebody I, yeah. who's important like and But what means- I felt like it was it was balanced well enough to where I was really intrigued by okay, how's this really gonna go? Because if we're giving this character, right? Limitless is the name of the movie. Right, so you got to go with the concept that this guy could have limitless potential. potential. Yeah. So this guy, Robert De Niro's character, who's like this corporate mogul dude, he can't be a stumbling block because our guy is limitless. So no matter what was going to happen, I do, you don't know. And then it's like it kind of goes back and forth. And you're like, oh, well, limitless might be a bit of an exaggeration. And then, there's, maybe al- it isn't. then there's also this other spanner in the works with these Russians. Yeah, which is actually... Which is just like a spanner in the works, basically, to stop him. But yeah. it's a good one. Like, At one point, it's... the De Niro guy says to him, you know, you're like a like a spoiled kid with a trust fund. You don't know what to do with your... Yeah, with I like that yet. speech. I exactly. Really and that explains why he tangles himself in the beginning. Like, all this experience I've accrued over all these years, Robert De Niro's character saying, you cannot get that stuff. You cannot. You can't get it by fraternizing with me. It just never happened to you. You, you know, you've just suddenly come upon this. Right. So And he's th- he doesn't know how to use you're it You're a yet. snot-nosed kid, basically, yeah. who... And that explains why he pretty much instantly went to these thug Russians for some money because he wanted to just get on with it without thinking about the consequences. Now, I loved the uh, Russians, <laughs> um, their involvement in it. 
And I said to you as soon as these Russians came on the screen, Russians get a bad rap in Hollywood they do. movies. They're always like dirtbags. It's always. uncomfortable. Um, but I felt intimidated, especially by Terminator Russian. Terminator Russian. The one oh, who yeah. runs. He was a Russian. Um, not Russian. Um, he wasn't Russian. Terminator no. dude. Yeah. I got um. Like Intermin- relentless, relentless. Yeah, it was and relentless. What, and what? Yeah, I kept, I kept getting visions of the Terminator. Just like he, he will always come. Like he's just coming. He's coming. That's back. how the Russian was. There was no, there is no escaping some of these beds that you make for yourself, kind of thing. And I don't yeah, know. I so felt just like- to explain, he he borrows some money off the Russian whatever mob. <laughs> what a Russian guy. Thug guy. He's um, really good, by the way. He make he scares a shit. Because out of he me. needs some money in a hurry at this point in the plot. And, you know, don't borrow money off Russian people. Oh, don't say that. Well, don't, just don't. No, how you... about this? Don't borrow money from guys who hang around cafes who have $100,000 to yeah, give you. Yeah, That's yeah. the lesson. It doesn't matter about their Don't borrow money off um, shady blokes. <laughs> because this guy, exactly. you know, immediately was... I mean, even sat down and said, you you know, I, I, I guess see the, the other kind of guy side of that lesson is don't get tangled up with the thug and don't get tangled up with the corporate guy either. Either way, they're going to fuck you. You know, <laughs> like you've got to be your own person. But then another line that the De Niro guy says is, you know, you had to know that with all this, you know, power and stuff, there's going to be some compromises. And with great power comes great responsibility. <laughs> hey, that's I good. Heard that one somewhere before. That could, could be in a movie. <laughs> I don't know. I feel like it's a it's it was really stimulating. I really love the concept that we can unlock in our own brains. Like he's a writer, he can't. He sits down and he dawdles and he procrastinates and he looks at his screen. It's literally took him years to write around. anything. He hasn't written anything. He's no, written zero. Not even a word. Nothing. And then it. He takes this and it like lights his mind on fire. And then he can. He does it. Well, in real life, I like to take. I would like to take that concept and. Apply it to myself, minus a drug. Would you and take say, that drug? Absolutely. You would take it? Yes, regardless. Knowing that it, something bad could... Because, you know, there is some, there is a downfall to this of drug. Of course. Um, is it worth the quick... The consequences? It, yeah, because the consequences Cause are pretty bad. Yeah, it's paralleling. What it's saying is when you take this drug and when you don't, something, you know, your, your body can't cope and then bad shit happens to your body because you've been so tuned up. Okay, Yes, I would. If you gave me a guaranteed supply for 10 years, and you said after 10 years there will be no more, and these are the consequences, physically, I would take it. If death is the consequence. Instant death? Or like after a painful, the, slow death? After you stop taking it. I would like to think that in the meantime, I would have figured out a way to solve that problem. So. <laughs> you are limitless. In, exactly. fact, in fact, that was something I, yeah, yeah. I pointed out. Yeah, um, yeah I would. I feel like I would like my brain... I would love to I think to I'd take it once. I have so many things in life that I can't recall or that I don't recall. And I know it's there. I've been places. I've lived places. I've seen people. I know people. And they fade in your brain. Actually, um, interestingly enough, talking of that exact subject, two people contacted me who went to school with me just recently who have quite vivid memories of me interacting with me, being friends with me. I don't even know who they are. Like, it's very vague. You do now, because uh, they've rec- you've recalled some instances. Well, the guy um, mentioned a, the reason I got friendly with him was because I fancied a girl who lived next door to him. And he said, why don't you come around our house? I could introduce you to her. 
this happened. I remember her quite well now. Like, I can visualise her. can't remember much else. But I don't remember his face at all. Now, that is a faded memory. Um, it's also a matter of, I know in life, throughout the course of our lives, there are people we come across who value the relationship with us more than we value them. And it sounds rude and horrible, but that's the truth. And when you don't put that person at the front of your priority list, it... It's a faded memory, fade though, because I can't even... But it seems really rude. Yeah, it does, but... Because he's you, like your friend. And nothing you, you can do about it, though, is there? Because I really tried... And I sat there and I tried to remember. And there were things I remember. This guy took a punch for you, if I recall the story. He did. <laughs> the, the, the boyfriend of the girl that you liked came around, swung a punch at you, fought. hit this other yeah. guy. <laughs> and that's why he remembers you. And you let the guy get punched. He gives you access to this woman, girl. How You're a teenager, I'm assuming. He takes a punch in the face for you. And you just disregard him like he's nothing. That is. I don't disregard him. But I, I'm saying that it's a faded memory. I yeah. mean, I mean, if I took this pill, it would probably all come back, is what I'm getting at. But the thing is, he did prod enough to where you, you recall that instance. Yeah. Recall the girl. I needed a push, though. Right. And so, my thing is, in the, the theme of this movie, I love the idea that I actually have the potential. I, I make art. I draw. I, some people might not call it art. I call it art. I draw. I create things. I like to make things. Um, I love art. But I'm fucking lazy, you know? And I think I don't have ideas, and I think it's not going to be good, and I think to myself, why bother? I'm just going to sit there and toil over it, and it's not going to be very good. And uh, well, uh. But if, so, if I could just make myself just light that fire myself to write stories that I want to write, because I do like to write things or poems, I want to get these drawings done, I want to, you know, but I don't. But for no reason. Right. So, yeah, if you handed me a pill that said this is going to get you off your ass and do these things, plus you forget to eat and sleep, I would love that. I would love <laughs> to never sleep. <laughs> that would be awesome. So, yeah. Um, so, let's move on to the cast of the movie. I mean, we can just say sure, we, sure. we both like the movie. Yeah. So, moving on to the cast, Bradley Cooper plays Eddie Mora. Um, you, you've never seen The Hangover. Um, I have seen The Hangover. When it, um, I, I'm not a big fan of The Hangover. I know people are in love with The Hangover. Um, is it just alright for me? I didn't even find it that funny, to be honest. But maybe it's just not my thing. Let's just tell everybody, if it's your first time, he's a little bit of a comedy snob. So don't be don't be alarmed. Don't yeah, be offended. I, I definitely <laughs> wasn't in the I Love the Hangover camp anyway. And Bradley Cooper is one of the stars of the Hangover. That's where he became, you know, Bradley Cooper. Um, and you've not seen him in really anything, have you? I don't think so. I mean, I have seen him in things, but I don't... Nothing Did you like him in this? I loved him. I thought he was really good. I did too. I, I felt like the down and out Eddie, which is how we meet him, was a little bit on the Hollywood exaggerated yeah, caricature. Yeah, too much, wasn't it? But as you as you get to know him in those few minutes of you know that first third of the movie or whatever, he tones it down. It kind of comes and goes, but he he feels like it fits better by the time we're moving into the new Eddie, right? So I got over it because I thought you have to visually let us know. Right off the bat, he's got scraggly hair and he looks all pale and he's yeah. got he's unshaven, unkempt. But then his behavior overrode that for me. That was good. He he really did behave. He was a good-hearted person because he was really happy for his girlfriend. But you could tell he was a loser. Like he does nothing, and so I felt like. And then as he as he starts to polish up, every single scene I was 
more it's and a, more into into him. It's kind of a fast uh, transformation, but then he kind of he kind of uh, adjusts himself towards the end of the movie. Like from his initial plan, kind of changes. Um, I liked him a lot in it. I thought, yeah, he's got really piercing eyes. As Very well. piercing, but then that could also be. I thought it might have been a little bit tweaked, yeah. <laughs> yeah. So um, Abby Cornish plays his girlfriend Lindy. We just seen her recently in Sucker Punch. Um, really? Yeah, she was the. I always think she looks like Sharon Stone when she was younger, but she was um, Sucker Punch, the one with the hood. Was the, she? Yeah, the one. God, who, I didn't uh, realize the one at the end. Who, <laughs> oh, no. The, yeah, I didn't realize. Wow, yeah. no, I so, really like her too. Yeah, I like her too, and she's new to she me. Sucker right. Punch is literally the first time I've ever seen her. So, see, that's one thing where at one point. She gets to dabble, and I would like to have seen more of that. Just an average person it's who actually, doesn't have... I love that scene. Yeah, she doesn't have... He's got kind of in his mind, even as a loser, he's got sort of delusions of grandeur, I think. He wants to magically write a book and be a, a famous author kind mm-hmm. of thing. You, they don't show that, but you feel like in the character it's kind of hidden in there. But even she's his publisher just, knows he's not really got that potential. Yeah, just, she's more like, I just want to work my way earn everything you get that vibe from her and so when she dabbles yeah actually, i wanted to see more of that actually out of interest in the middle of the movie where he's obviously tweaking on his drug and she's left him at the beginning because he's like a loser she's left him then she becomes interested in him in, in, in him again and i um, don't want to tell things do we i didn't well just this plot yeah. line i didn't get the vibe that she wanted him for the money or anything no at that no point. exactly because she just saw a different version of him that was to her better. better yeah. yeah, but not about the money, just about like I like him when he's He's motivated, he's creative. Got a sparkle in his eye. Yeah. All the whole thing about him. He's not just And like, that's what I'm talking about. In real life we could do that. Yeah. We can make our own like motivate. It's and it's all in our minds. Other than the fact if you have a physical thing or so, obviously if something's physically holding you back or if you have if you want to make a movie that'll cost a million dollars and you don't have a million dollars, I get that. There are some limits in life. We're not limitless. But in par- in terms of I'm hanging around on a day off. Oh, I really like to go down there and paint that painting. We've got a, hang- a painting hanging on our wall in there that I've never finished. It's just hanging there. It's like blue and green and that's it. And I look at it and I think, I'm going to go down tomorrow and I'm going to do something with that. And then I don't. And there's no reason not to. I'm just lazy, you know? So I want... Maybe extra tea in my tea would help me or something? A little extra sugar? I don't know. So um, Robert De Niro plays Carl Van Loon. Carl Van Loon. That's a funny <laughs> name. Um, Loon. Um, he's just Robert De Niro. He really is, but part. fine. I mean, he, it doesn't He does feel... his face a few times. He's a taxi a driver bit. kind of face, yeah. Um, um, but it is fine. Uh, it's nothing know. special, though. I mean, it's not, it's not Robert De Niro. It's fine. The only reason you feel intimidated by him... Is he because, just has a... Is because he's Robert De Niro. Yeah. Not because of... I mean, uh-huh. you get the feeling he's an asshole businessman right off the bat, but is that because we've seen him um, in, you know... Raging other Bull. Movie? Yeah, Raging Bull. I was going to say Casino. Red Bull. Red Bull really isn't... Uh, that's all other <laughs> Yeah. And um, Anna Friel, who one of my favourites, and I still remember her to this day, when she was in Brookside, which is a British soap opera, in the 80s, and she was like a teenager... And she played a lesbian teenager who actually was not a lesbian, but then started being a lesbian with this girl who lived on the same in the same street. And uh, it was very controversial because there was lots of scenes where she had to 
get steamy with this other girl. And I was a teenage boy, so it was indelible in my mind. Um, and she's come a long way since then. You know, we see her. She's been in, like, um, Pushing Daisies, the TV show now. She was in... She's, you know, Hollywood actress. In this movie, she's a very small part. It's small, but impactful. I do, it is, yeah. I do feel like her part, it was... She because was in Land of the Lost, We she? literally only see little flashes of her from the past, and then we see her now for about five minutes, but it really, and yet... Puts it, it into perspective when yes. you see her, what's going on here, like, and what can happen, like. So I, I, I like her. I really like her. I didn't write down everybody else because I, th- I think they're the four major players. You didn't write you the don't. Russian guy. I did he not. Was good. But there are Russian guys because he made me feel like I wanted to lean back. He's not a Russian chair. guy though. I looked him up. Right. He did a good guy. one. <laughs> um, I think we need to lay off the Russians. I don't know who we can make the bad guys and not seem like assholes unless they're aliens from another planet. Because we're always picking on somebody, right? Yeah. Call of Duty always has the Russians as the bad guys. I think one of the best, the best um, pulling a nationality of a bad guy out of a bag and making it work was um, Lethal Weapon. Was it Lethal Weapon or Lethal Weapon Two? Um, and we no one they couldn't figure out the ac- accent, but it was South African. That's like people we never knew of. Unfortunately, it kind of makes them the villain, right? <laughs> and then you think, anytime now, I think, oh, South African. Yeah. But that was a good one because you couldn't pinpoint who they were or where they were from. Sort of generic nationality until the reveal, but... Um, a lot of the Bond movies had Russian bodies. Yeah. Isn't it? You know, it's, it's just... Russian, Russian Chinese. Chinese. Vietnamese was one, wasn't it? The Bond movie. Yeah, yeah. The- Korean, I think. No, that Korean was the one I'm thinking of where he changes his face. Was he Korean? I don't know. We never have, like, a Canadian bad guy. Or, I mean, you do get American bad guys, but... <laughs> yeah, but Canadian... Brits, Australian. Brits. Do we ever get a really bad Australian? Probably not, but evil? Because they don't seem evil to us? I don't know, it's very weird. So, uh, directed by Neil Berger, who also directed uh, The Illusionist. I never saw The Illusionist. Is Neil a veggie burger? Because now I feel like I need to protest. No, he's actually a burger. He's also, <laughs> interestingly enough, Neil Berger's next movie is going to be the Uncharted movie, which is the PS3 game Uncharted. They're making a movie of it. Apparently, last time I heard Marky Mark was going to be the Uncharted dude. Um, That's very kind of you. I'm interested in an Uncharted movie, because I think, done correctly, Uncharted, because the games are exceptionally... They're amazing. The story, though, you've seen Uncharted. Mm, barely. It's a great... I know it's a bit of a mishmash of Indiana Jones and stuff, but it's... Oh, that one. Yeah, yeah. But it's a great... If it's done right, it could be a really good movie series. Um, so this guy, you know, he's got a, got the visual um, thing going on. So hopefully that'll be a good thing. But I liked his direction in here. I, and I like... I like the filmmaking style and it did feel throughout. Even though you get some glossiness, it's got a really ultra... Like the gritty reality kind of feel. And then they mix in this sort of glossiness because when he's really on top of things, it's just that he he sees everything clearer. I think it was very different. And I like the handheld stuff. It's not too much. It's not too wiggly. And it's... I, don't know, I, I feel it. like you've not seen anything that looks quite like it because mm-hmm. it does look. And it has multiple looks. Like mm-hmm. you said, like not just two or three looks. Quite a lot of different things thrown around. But always good. Really top-notch sets. The whole thing, right? Yeah. So, um... Extras on this Blu-ray, there are not a lot, to be honest. Um, there's an alternate ending, which I prefer the ending that's in the movie, to be mm-hmm. honest. It's different, but, I mean, on the back of the cover they say it's the it's the ending that changes everything. Changes it slightly. 
No, it does change it, it changes completely. It, but it's not like mind blowing. It's it's no, you know, ne- neither of them are to be honest. But it's not. I prefer the one that's in yeah. there. It was the right choice. Um, and then there's not not many more extras to be honest. There's um, a man without limits, which is like a five minute featurette, very typical. Lots of um, interviews with Bradley Cooper. Then there's the making of um, Limitless, which when I see the making of something on the back, I get excited thinking it's going to be a 90-minute. But this isn't. It's a 10-minute um, making of. I did like how they explained about the film stock and all that. It was a bit mm-hmm. in, more in-depth than normal. Then there's um, audio commentary with director Neil Berger. And that is it. Um, there is no DVD copy, just a digital copy. So, um, not a ton of extras. That's okay. I would like to have seen more from the author of the book. Yes. But, um, I can look it up. But, you know, a, a good film. Um, just, they didn't go overboard with the extras. I'm not sure why. Because I'm sure there was a lot of concept art, all kinds of things for this movie. I don't know. Mm, it's the kind yeah. of movie where I'd like to see one of those in-movie experiences where they do the whole, mm. you know. I'm not that interested in it. I like the movie more than the back. I think when I really like a movie, I'm less, I'm less needy for, I crave less extras. When there's, when I'm on the middle of a movie, sometimes the extras can, whether it's good or bad, help me like the movie more. So, yeah, I think I'm fine with those extras. And do you not like the cover? Because I really like that cover. No. I think it's, I really like how it's split into three. No, I don't like the split boxy thing. No, no, it's one. It's one where sometimes I don't, but I did like this one. Um, yeah, well, if we're, we're explaining the cover that you can't see, just have a look on mine. <laughs> I like the cover. Um, it's too busy. It's not the movie poster cover again. In fact, I would like just the packet, the little plastic bag with the pill in it, just that sitting would make on the a desk. Cool, that would be good. Like the soap on the Fight Club box, you know, it doesn't. Just it, yeah, yeah. with nothing else. Um, so, uh, in conclusion, thanks to Fox for this Blu-ray. I recommend it. I think it's a really, really fun something to think about also. Yeah. Kind of movie. You know, it's a bit different to what, we, what we've what we seen this year. I think it really is. I think it offers like a... And it felt it's not really, a superhero movie. It it's felt not. really long, but in a good way. An hour and 45 yeah, minutes. I yeah, I felt like it was, you know, I, I wasn't ready for it to be over, but there wasn't a lot more we, I would want from it at the point we get to. So I was... I was ready for the story to end, but I really enjoyed... It felt really bulky because you go all over the place and you see him do all kinds of stuff. And it's really filmed in New York City, most of it. Um, Philadelphia and New York. Yeah, most of it in New York, he said. It was a real short shoot, 44 days. Which is amazing when you see all the stuff. But they literally filmed it in New York, not closing stuff off, just like filming on the streets. Hit the street with traffic and everything. And I felt like in the movie, it didn't feel kind of uh, soundstage-ish or anything. It felt like you were really in a city, you know? Just Um, in his apartment, which, you know, obviously is a... Yeah, but a lot of it is wandering around the city, and it felt like it was wandering around the city. So um, that that was a bonus. So... um, Thanks to Fox. Uh, contests, go and win something on com. Something oh. means a DVD. Next, a next week's review. Did we say next week's review was a... Next week's review is normal. Mm-hmm. Sunday. Um, next week's review will be Trust on Blu-ray. Um, trust me, I'm a doctor. Trust me, I'm a doctor. No, just trust. <laughs> According to the front cover, one of the year's best films. Don't all front covers say that. 
I was going to say, the day that I start believing DVD covers, yeah. I'll be, just suck the brain, just crank my brain down even duller than it is. All right, so next week's uh, review anyway is Trust on Blu-ray. Uh, movie Tagline Fun, it's your turn, right? It is my turn. Explain what Movie Tagline Fun is. Um, it's a, a quiz, that, um, contest, no it's not a contest, it's a fun game that we play between each other each week. Uh, we take it in turns. This week, you're going to tell me a movie tagline, and I'm going to try and guess what movie it was from. You can play along at home if you like. Just um, yeah, we don't drag it out too long. If you don't get it, well, right after she, t- after she reads it, pause, try and think of something, <laughs> and then come back to us, and we'll tell you the answer. So, and he's on a roll. He keeps guessing mine. Like I think a, I'm going to be able to. Like a big jerk. Two zero, isn't it? Yeah, whatever. All right. <laughs> two zero. <laughs> Uh, let me think if I can just remember what it was without looking. I can never don't, don't look at it then. Let me read it to uh, you. Because you might guess it immediately. I'm not looking. Okay. Okay, and the tagline is... It's happening. Oh. Let me just repeat that for the listeners out there. It's happening. Is it a horror film? It's happening. Mm. I don't know its exact genre. Oh. It's happening. It has elements of fear. I don't know it. Oh. I was going to say the thing, but it's not the thing, because mm-hmm. I've already said <laughs> yeah. it. Yeah. Yeah. It is Signs by M. Night Shyamalan. Really? Yeah! It's not a good tagline. I think it is. It's happening. Like, contact is ha- it's happening. Yeah. They're here. Well, they're here. There's a good one. All right, then. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. All, right, all so I need to start guessing them when you give them to me. So movie recommendations for this week. I went with, um, on a Russian theme, actually, because there's a lot of Russian, peop- uh, Russian thugs in this movie. I went for Wanted, which is by a Russian director, um, the director of Daywatch and Nightwatch. But I really enjoyed Wanted. The more I think about it, after the fact, I liked it. Did you like Wanted? Um, yeah. It was one of those that, to me, was way style style over substance. It was, but this, it's a great story, I think. It's based on a graphic novel. It's, I liked the story a lot. I liked the powers that they had. I liked the griminess. It feels dirty to me, the whole mm. thing. Like, uh, you know, because they were living in this run-down factory. Yeah. I liked the idea of this loom thing. You know, I liked yeah. it. I liked a lot about it. Apparently they're going to be making a sequel or prequel to Wanted. I was going to say, it's kind of hard to make a sequel to them. Angelina Jolie's not involved, though. Um, but yeah, I, I liked Wanted. And the other one is Eastern Promises, which is... Um, More Russian. That's That was my theme this week. Is a awesome David Cronenberg Russian mafia film with a twist. All set in Britain, funnily enough. Not set Vito in Morgensen. Morgan. Yeah, Vigo Mortensen. It's Morgan. not. It's not set in Russia. It's set in Britain, like the East End of London. It's really interesting. It's hardcore. Yeah. <laughs> Someone for the kids. As a best naked fight, oh naked God. man fight you might have ever seen. Maybe the only one I've ever seen. Naked. Mm, totally naked. Yeah. Maybe. Not gratuitously. It's really good. Oh my God. And mine are and uh, the first one. I don't know why I thought of this one, um, but I was trying to think of someone who goes from like nothing to maybe something, you know, with like something like that. And I was just thinking, and something kind of 
weird and gritty, and I just thought of Vulgar. And it's I own Vulgar. I bought that one. It's a very small movie in terms of like it's not a big Hollywood thing or whatever, but it is. I can't even describe it because it has a like really weird, really disturbing. But when I was I remember watching it and just thinking like this is like genius independent movie making because it felt like nobody. It's not the greatest movie ever. Let me no no no. I mean it has some poor acting. It has some. But I like the idea. Yes, absolutely. Yeah. And I feel like it's really, like, and this sounds really hokey or whatever, but it's, like, really honest. Like, it's written, and it's shown in a way, and it's acted in a way that's kind of uh, raw, maybe, is the right word? I don't know. And it's not, it's not fiddled with. <laughs> no, it's real. And I'm using that term loosely when it comes to this movie. But, I mean, it is... The project that the people who made it had in mind, I feel like. And I always loved it for that. And then the other one is Girl Next Door. Because um, I wanted something where it felt like somebody has really transformed. And the, the dude, the teenage boy, really has to The face Girl some Next Door is one of truths. my favorite comedies from the early two, well, maybe 2004. 2000s. Yeah. I still love it to this day. I think it's a fantastic soundtrack. It kind of takes me back to like um, comedies of the eighties, almost. It, it was just right. done in that style. It was like except there's porn and violence. Yeah, but <laughs> you know what I mean. It, it has yeah. that, like a Ferris Bueller or something. It has that like um, carefree kind of te- like what it's like to be a teenager kind of scenario going on, but with some really nefarious characters in and, this one. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, yeah, it's not as light high. No, no. <laughs> Don't pop it in and go, oh, I'd like to have a new... I just think no. it was really well made. I, I just think the, the story was really fun. It was kind of menacing in parts. Um, the music was perfect, because that soundtrack's really good. Uh, yeah, I, one of my favorite... I could watch it. Or it's one of them I could just throw in and watch right. it again. Well, yeah. it's we got Billy Bob in it, who you love. You're in love with Billy no, Bob? No, Billy Bob. No, not Billy Bob. Um, Elephant Man. Sheriff from... Um, the Oliphant. Sheriff from Deadwood. Oliphant. Yeah. <laughs> That's right, Billy Bob. Uh, he would have been fine. Yeah, he could have replaced him. <laughs> Might have been a bit creepier with A little more creepy. Um, so yeah, that's our recommendations for this week. Games and A. Scully stuff. Uh, is an interesting thing. Do you know when you play Monopoly? And you get like a... The bank has inherited some money in your favour. And you get like, oh, you get a free $200 when you pick a card up. Yeah. You play Monopoly. It's like the, the bank... Um, yeah. Give you some money accidentally or something. So, oh, cool. Well, this week, Microsoft um, gave me some Microsoft points as an error. So what happened on Wednesday afternoon, I was on the web, and I was on NeoGAF, and there was a thread saying, has anybody got Microsoft points showing up in their account for no reason? And I'm like, that sounds interesting. Let me just go and look at my account. So I went to Xbox Live, and all of a sudden, I've got 2,000 points, when the day before, I only had 200. So I'm like... Why have I got 2,000 points? I've not paid for any points. There's some points just appeared. And people are saying the same thing. Some people are saying they got 10,000 points. Some people are saying they got 100 points. And it's a mixed, varied amount of points. So um, the consensus on NeoGAF was something's happened here. It's an error. So what do we do about this? Do we spend these points now? Because how can they take the points back? Or do we just wait and see what happens? So the consensus on this NeoGAF post was, why don't you just spend the points? So I went on... There was a couple of games I wanted from uh, Xbox Live Arcade, so I went on and bought them both with these points that magically appeared out of nowhere. So 
I bought a couple. Of, I bought a game which was insanely twisted Shadow Planet, which I've wanted, and I bought a add-on for Dirt Three, which was like a, a track pack, and they came to two thousand points. Both of these items. So, tw- on my- Microsoft on Twitter a bit later on said, uh, if you see mysterious points turning up in your account, we had a problem. It was a mistake. If you've spent these points, that's fine. They're your points. If you haven't spent these points, your balance will return to normal in a few hours. So I was like, wow, that was cool. I spent the points and they don't care. They said keep the points. So um, it was like a windfall, right? No, that makes me uncomfortable. Why? It's kind of sc- it was kind of scummy, to be honest. Like somebody, you took something just because you found it. And they said it was fine. I understand after the fact, but the the for everyone just to decide. Well, it's just it's like some people got ten opportunity. I know, but they didn't pay for them. They're stealing. No, but when Microsoft gave the all clear and said, "I, I, you know what? I would have been fine if they would have said you spent two thousand points that weren't yours. We're going to debit your credit card for the cost of those two hundred points. That would have been fine by me. Also, I wouldn't have cared if that, they would have done that. I just feel like. No offense, but that's part of the problem with this fucking world, man. People take anything just because they can. Well, I thought it was pretty neat. If the bank accidentally sent me a check for $1,000 with my name on it and everything, which I did not, it was not mine, I wouldn't go, oh, bank's mistake, fuck them. I would take it back. Right. Because I didn't, it's not mine. You know what I'm saying? Well, I was evil. I took the I'm not saying it's evil. I don't believe in evil. I'm just saying, if everybody in this world's going to piss and moan, which you don't, about, oh, the world's falling apart and all this shit, well, that's part of the problem, isn't it? So, with my <laughs> stolen points... Congratulations. You got a bunch of free stuff for nothing. I got $20, it was, basically. See? And like I say, I, was, I would that's be fine if they took the $20 off me. But anyway, I got Insanely Twisted Shadow Planet, which was $15. It's one of the Xbox Live Arcade games for this week, for this year, the summer of arcade. It's by one of the animators who left Pixar. So it's like this fantastically animated... It's like Metroid, which is an old Nintendo game. It's like an exploration. You're this little spaceship. It's this huge map. There's things to collect. There's puzzles to get through. Your spaceship's got a little arm that can grab things and drop them in different places... You've got a laser that you can shoot stuff with. You've got a scanner that you can scan things with. It's like a little adventure. There's bosses. And it's this fantastic art style. Everything looks like it's in a shadow. Like a shadow puppet kind of deal. Do you get what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. And it's by one of the ex-Pixar animators. So it's got this amazing, really fluid animation on everything. Um, if you're into, like, backtracking games, I call them. Where you have to, like, investigate something. Backtrack. Then you'll find somewhere and you can't get through until you get a certain thing then you have to come back. If you like that kind of game, you'll really love it. Um, the other thing I bought was the Dirt 3 track pack, Monte Carlo track pack. It's some extra tracks for Dirt 3 and I got them for the PC version, used my, used my stolen Microsoft points. I'm just saying, if the, the clerk at the store accidentally gave you 20 extra dollars back in change... And if you keep it, it, you're an asshole. And like I said, I No, listen. I think it makes well, the person I'll be an, asshole. an asshole. I'm an asshole. I'm not saying you're an asshole. I'm saying that the mentality, the overriding first reaction of people is to just take, 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 take it. Fuck them. It's Microsoft. And you know me. I'm not a fan of Microsoft. I spend a lot of points on stuff. I know. That's the justification, right? Um, I buy a lot of points um, for games along the way, you know. Can't... And I'm not missing morality or anything. I don't give a shit about sinning and stuff. But it's just that it's 100% acceptable to take. So then in the end, 
Do those developers get their money, or does Microsoft say, oh, sorry, these no, people got they'll, your... No, they'll get the money. How? Microsoft will have to s- submit that, won't they? They will have to. A developer's not going to let people have a game and not give them the money. Plus, also, if Microsoft really were bothered about it, I thought about it afterwards. When I bought Insanely Twisted Shadow Planet, it turns it from the trial version into the full version, right? That's how the points work. You put the points in, it's a full version. If they were cared, they could have just turned it back to the trial for me. I mean, or forever. So they didn't care. So, um, the other talking of cheap games on Steam this week, they had a sale. Not a sale. It was like the game of the week. And this is an indie game called Frozen Synapse that I've been playing all week, pretty much. Um, and and the deal was it was fifty percent off. But when you buy a copy, you get another copy to gift to a friend. So my friend bought it, and he gifted me a copy, and then I paid him the half of what it cost which was $7. So um, this game is Frozen Synapse, and it's um, a turn-based play-by-email, which is really interesting. Yeah. I've never seen anything like this before. It's a first-person shooter. Imagine, well, it's not a first-person. Imagine a first-person shooter like Call of Duty. But now imagine pulling the, ma- pulling the camera right back so you're looking from above, and all your soldiers are on the battlefield. And you have finite control over them like you can move them you can tell them to shoot one way you can tell them to cover a doorway and each turn you move your soldiers a certain amount like a turn like a game of chess right so the idea there's lots of different game modes but the idea in the deathmatch mode is I he's got a team of guys I've got a team of guys we could kill each other right but it's turn based like I can do my move and then it sends an email off to him saying Basically, did his move. Do you want to do your move? Well, he might not get to the game for another day or so. And then when he does, it sends me an email saying it's your move. So it's a game that can be played over infinite amount of days, right? But right. it's by, via email. And it's a cool concept because this indie developer, um, it looks kind of like Tron from above. It's kind of all blue and glowy. It doesn't look like soldiers. It's Your soldiers are like glowing blobs and stuff. It's It's interesting. Um, and I've never played a game that you play over email. And it's a real game that you load up. It's not just a... You don't web- play it over email, right? You just get a notification. Yeah. yeah. But you can go in and play it, both be there and play, like, real time if you want. You know, his right. turn, my turn, his turn. And you can chat and stuff. Uh, so I highly recommend it. Frozen Synapse. It's on Steam. It's probably not on sale anymore. But even when it's not on sale, it's 25 books the two copies they only sell it in two copy bundles because they want more people to play it i guess so when you buy a copy you give another copy to somebody else you have to have someone to play with no you actually don't because when you log on to it little notices come up at the bottom saying such and such wants to play such and such wants to play someone you know if you want to play with somebody you know but you can play random people too and never so i like the interesting um sales model of sell you two copies for the price of one but then give one to somebody else. I think that's a cool... Yeah. And when he, when I did get it gifted, because I've never seen this on Steam, you get this message on Steam, and it's like got this big box with a bow on it, and it says, <laughs> uh, your, friend has sent, your friend has sent you a gift, and you click it, and it animates and opens, and there's your game pops out. You know, it's kind of cool the way they did it. Um, so yeah, that's Frozen Synapse. Interesting name. Um, the other thing, I finally got my mouse from Razer, which is the Razer Mamba 2012. Way ahead of its time, because it's not even 2012 yet. Um, I'm loving it. It's a wireless gaming mouse. Um, but it uh, has a genius feature. 
that the charging cable that goes into the USB charger that sits on the desk that you put the mouse on can unplug from, from the, the charger, from the base. plug it into the mouse, and then use it as a wired mouse, and it will Correct. charge. Now that is, how could no one have done that? And before? the genius feature about that for gamers is when you plug the cable into the mouse to play it as a wired mouse, the radio completely shuts off, so it's not wireless in any shape or form anymore. It's not like it's charging it but still running wirelessly. It's literally running down the USB cable because some gamers are like, oh, I would never use wireless. It's it, There'll be lag or whatever, which there is none. Um, my Logitech Bluetooth mouse that I just got rid of, it's not, it wasn't the same as yours, it was different. It did jump and stutter, especially when you were watching Netflix. <laughs> I mean, my mouse would stop and start, and it was when the wireless radio on the router right, was working. Right. This one, nothing. Nothing at all. It's super smooth. I've tried it wired this week and wireless. It feels exactly the same both ways. So I'm really impressed by that because wireless technology is hit or miss on stuff, I think. Um, it has this cool color cycling feature. I don't even know. It's not useful. <laughs> no. But the base station that it sits on, I'm looking at it now, um, cycles through... Just fades from one color to the next. Yeah, all the way through all these different colors. So I said to you, it's almost like a high-tech lava lamp. Yeah. Because it's like a cool... And in the dark, it looks really good. And the mouse wheel also glows the same colors. Um you know, it's just a gimmicky thing, like my keyboard lights up. Yes, I mean, your keyboard's well, all lit the up. keyboard lighting up's actually a cool thing, because you can see, when I'm playing games in the dark, at night, I can see the keyboard. Plus, back. it also actually behaves a certain way during a during game. During games, yeah. yeah. Um, so, yeah, that is functional, whereas the mouse, it's just for fun, like, yeah, just yeah. to have some cool colors. It's a cool mouse. I showed you the packaging it came in. Very excessive. <laughs> it's like very almost excessive. like Almost like... The mouse was like jewelry. Yeah, was, like, like yeah, it came in like so a watch box, like a fancy watch fancy, watch box. Yeah, like on a little pedestal, you know, and it was With all an solid acrylic plastic. Box. Yeah, really. Um, when I pulled it out of the box, and it was gift wrapped. How much did it cost? It cost uh, ninety nine dollars. Holy shit! No wonder. Most wireless mice cost ninety. Forty of that was for the box. <laughs> Come on. I think so too. <laughs> Most wireless mice cost ninety nine dollars. I mean, that's Is the that one that I used. Yeah, that was about ninety nine dollars. Right. Uh, the the only cheap wireless mice are laptop ones. Which I love mine. If you want a desktop well. one, they're always more expensive. I think it's because you have to buy this, the base station. The batteries in them are better. I think it's because people are willing. Yeah, probably. So, um, Razer Mamba 2012. Even though it says 2012, it's actually the 2011 model. It's like a car, isn't it? Yeah. When they bring them out. Um, and let's be honest, it is almost September. Yeah. So... So I recommend it. It's really good. I mean, I've been using it a few days. The only thing I can say is the battery life isn't as good as my Logitech mouse. But I think that's to be expected because this pulls at like double the speed. That's why it's smoother. I mean, it sends the information from the mouse to the computer twice as much as any other like wireless mouse. more often. All than, the, right. Yeah, that's why you get a smoother. So I imagine that sucks the battery up, right? And I've... Not you, to mention the light thing. Possibly. You can turn the light off. And just, once it, you can have it so the light's on when it's wired, and when as soon as you pull the wire, the light on the mouse goes off. And um, there's a, in the driver, it'll say uh, estimated battery life fourteen hours when the light's on, and when then when you turn the light off, it'll say estimated battery time seventeen hours. But seventeen hours seems to be the max you get out of a full charge. Yeah. But seventeen hours is what sometimes a few days, right? Well, Unless I mean, you really the thing is, computer. use it all day, plug it in. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. I just stick it on the charger when I go to bed. It's easy to forget that, though, right? 
because I used to forget all the time in my Logitech one. I'd come to my computer and go, crap, it's dead. But there was no option to plug that one in, wired. Yeah. So I'd be sat there going, I'd better charge it for 10 minutes before I use it. So um, the other thing I've been playing this week is another Steam game, Beat Hazard. Now, Beat Hazard I've talked about before. It's a music-slash-shooter game. But, um, so it's not a gardening game? Like no. Beat Hazard, like Bugs and Farmers? No, B-E-A-T, <laughs> as in music. Um, now, I bought it a long time ago. It's a shooter game. You're a, a dual-stick shooter. You're a spaceship. Spa- other spaceships come, you shoot at them. And you play your own music. But they upgraded it this week to Beat Hazard Ultra, which adds... Internet radio support, Last FM, all those. So you can. Basically, how it works is it takes a song, be it off your hard drive or off the internet radio service, and maps the song out, and then it creates a level. Like, depending on the loudness, how many beats are in the song, how fast it is, will be how intense the level is. So when it does that, say I'm playing Lady Gaga song, well, Everybody who plays that song gets the same level. So there's a leaderboard. Like, mm. So, you know, you play... It's really funny because you play in your music and you're like, I'm playing this music. It's probably so obscure, this song I'm listening to. Nobody else has listened to this. But yeah, there's a full leaderboard of thousands of people. You're never alone, are you, with your choice no. of music? <laughs> um, but now it's got this new support for... You can just say, I want to play Last FM. And it'll say, what artist do you want to listen to? And you say... Susie and the Banshees, and it will, from the internet, without you having any music, start pulling Susie and the Banshees music in that you can play to. So it's like a way of exploring new music and playing a game at the same time. It's a really interesting idea, and the game is fun. It's just an old-school shooter, but it looks a bit Jeff Mintery. It's like really You love super. that. So, um, and finally, I played the Driver San Francisco demo. Now, this was hilarious to me, because I love the Driver series of games, yet this one, and I came to you and said, do you remember me telling you about this Mm -hmm. this week? Now, this Driver game, generally, you're a getaway driver who, you know, is a superb driver who maybe gets hired by criminals to get away from bank robbers, etc. Now, this game opens, and this is the demo. You mean it's reality-based, except it's kind of cranked-up racing driving. That's all it is. Yeah, you're escaping from bank robberies. You're, you're doing missions. You're doing missions. It's um, In the old drivers, you're doing stuff like, you know, such a, such a person's robbing a bank, pull up outside, get them, and then get away from the cops, that kind of thing. Well, this one, you sat in the car at the beginning, he turns to his partner, he's a cop in this one, because he's a good driver. Turns to his partner and his partner's he says to his partner, something happened to me. Yeah, I've had this near-death experience recently. Which I'm assuming is explained in the opening sequence that you don't get in the demo. And guess what I can do now? And he's get his partner's like, what? He says, uh, I can jump into other people's bodies. And then I was like, okay, this isn't the driver that I'm used to. So the mechanic is, you're driving down the street. At any point in time, whenever you want, you press this button. This cursor comes up. You aim it. And you point at something. Another car. Has to be another car, not just a person. And then you body jump into that person. And you're driving their car. Um, And that works into this story somehow. (laughs) It's really weird. The first mission is you trying to convince your partner that you can do this. He's like, how do I know you can do it? Because when you jump into the other person's body, you're still here. In the car with me. 
so how do I know you've jumped in the other person? He's like, well, okay, I'll jump into this car in front and I'll crash it into a wall. And all of a sudden, this you do, and you crash into the wall, and the guy's like, well, that doesn't prove anything. You... Yeah, but when he's still sitting there, isn't he just sort of sitting there staring at yes. your face? Okay, yes. like, with no, like, gonna... <laughs> with no personality anymore. Right. He's just driving. So if he crashes in somebody else's body, he doesn't die? No. Or he gets out before. But then, he, then you know, this first mission is you proving that to your partner. partner figures out, oh, yeah, you can do it. Then the second mission, I'm assuming, is taken from some other part in the game further on. But you're playing as you, and you're in a sh- illegal street race like Fast and the Furious, and you're in a team. There's you in one car, and there's a girl in another car. And the premise of the race is you have to come in first and second. But you can jump into her body and into your body, right? So... The idea is to keep your two cars at the front of the pack. So so if you're in car number one and you're at the front and then a couple of cars go past you, you need to... And car number two, which is the girl, is like seventh. You need to jump into her and get her up further. So you're swapping between the two cars. It's kind of a weird... But how can your empty shell keep driving? Not, not explained. Right. I do not know. I get you. That's why it's kind of bizarre. <laughs> it's really fun to play. And I will find out when the sure. when the full game comes out. Maybe it's explained better in the full game, but the demo is a bit. It's like it's a sat. It's it's why it's like body jumping. I don't get it. Why he can do this? If he's even just imagining this, maybe I don't know. Um, but it's interesting. I um, it was one of them things where I started playing it and I was like, R- really? Is this? Are they taking the piss? This is like it seems weird. <laughs> like because I'm. I'm coming into a driver game. It's got a history. I'm coming into a driver game hoping to have some fun in cars around a big city, right? That's the idea. But didn't uh, Grand Theft Auto have aliens one year or something? It had a jetpack. A jetpack. Okay, well, that's not, yeah. I guess not, it, that's not completely out of That the was San Andreas, and the premise behind that was you broke in... There was a bonus mission where you went to Area 51, yeah. which was actually there. You went down under the ground... You found Area 51, and if you fought your way through it and got out, you got out with a jetpack, which you could use for the rest of the game, which was like bananas, because you this... Remember, San Andreas guy was like a hood guy, like, yeah. and he's on this jetpack flying around. It was kind of fun to play, but it was kind of nonsensical during the game. But It's fantastic, San Andreas. The... That's what I'm saying. It, it was weren't whole... used to that either. It was more like you're just a thug. It was just, and yeah, it was just... San Andreas was more like... Do you know what would be really fun? Driving around on a jetpack. It would be really fun. It's a game, right, after all. That would be fun. Um, and it was. But they had to make a reason for you to yeah. have a jetpack. Whereas, like, the new Grand Theft Auto 4 is very serious. You couldn't have put a jetpack in that one. Because it wouldn't have so made it. So, like, if you're watching Sopranos in the seventh season... They find some alien technology. It, it becomes, like, a superhero of some kind. Yeah. Or, yeah, I know. It seems mean. a bit... Why, yeah. why, it seems like, why? Like, surely that should have just been another game, because you're, like, messing with this franchise that's pretty good, right? Yeah. Because couldn't you just made another game that was something else that had this wacky mechanic in it? I don't know. It might be good, you know? But it seems like they're fucking with my driver game. <laughs> so, um, that's me for this week. That's everything. And you have got What's for Dinner. Was for dinner. I'm very hungry. Ah, we're going to have some wacky pasta, which is just the different colored pasta, with uh, some sauce, which will be like almond tomato, which I put on some pasta a while back where I make it with almond milk and make a sauce and then put some just regular ragu spaghetti sauce in it. It sounds weird, but it's real creamy and it's tomato-y. It's really good. And I might throw some crumbles in there. 
But I'm going to heat up some beans to go with it. Frozen some out of the crumbles. Yeah, and uh, some peas. So it's kind of a heavy protein dinner on this. <laughs> protein and some nice sauce. And uh, we had, I just want to mention, I said earlier I'm hungry. We had a box of Fiber One oat and peanut butter bars. And I remember when I bought them and I ate one, I must have been kind of underwhelmed or maybe, I don't know what. <clears throat> the box was open, there was one missing. And today I was like, I'm really hungry. I don't want toast, and I don't have anything else quick. I've got some, you know, you've got shit sitting around, like some Cheerios, and there's some olive oil and sea salt crackers, and there's some hummus, and, you know, we've got different things, uh, and just nothing sounded like, and I looked in the cabinet, I'm like, there are those Fiber One bars before the movie, and I started to eat it, and it was delicious. They are really good, yeah. It's chewy, I, and it totally They've been there all the time, and I've just yeah. never... I always thought, oh, they're probably crappy because you didn't, cause you didn't exactly. eat Exactly. I was like, well, you probably thought they were Because I've tried other ones that are dry and crumbly, and you kind of choke it down, but these are really chewy, and they remind me of my mom's peanut butter and cornflake bars that she makes. Oh, my God. They quite, so they're, they're only 150 calories for a whole bar. But when you're eating it, you feel like you're really indulging in something. It is, because it's real sweet. I'm yeah. sure there's loads of sugar in it. Yeah. But, I mean, it's real sweet and real gooey. As this thought. Pretty good. Fiber one oat and peanut butter bars. Really delicious. And, yeah, we eat things like hummus. Because it's good. And we're going to um, we're gonna um, eat our dinner and watch LD, <laughs> Larry David, Curb Your Enthusiasm. Tonight's episode is where he goes to New York, finally. And True Blood. And True Blood, yeah. And he stands. And this week, coming up, Big Brother UK starts. I'm so excited, you can't... I'm so excited, and I just can't hide it. And I'm about to lose control, and I... Something, something... Think I like it. Gets, yeah, oh yeah. There's the music for the end of the show. <laughs> <laughs> I should just cut that out and play it over... And do I have it. anything else in life to give you? Uh, um, the meaning of life, perhaps? Like I said, we discussed that on last week's show. I solved all the world's problems. Unfortunately, it's it lost. Cut. So, this week, I'll just say, you know... Just don't be an asshole. It's pretty basic, like, in life, really. If you are thinking to yourself right now, oh, that's really obnoxious of her to say I'm an asshole, I'm not an asshole, probably you are. Because if you get defensive about it, I already know I'm an asshole about a lot of things. Even this week, (laughs) you saw, I got in a sort of a discussion because I mentioned something about religious and religion, religious people who I see posting on Facebook all the time. Oh, pray for my father and pray for this and pray for the country. Well, there's nothing wrong with that. No. What's wrong with it is when the next post is is, uh, a racial joke about our president or a racial comment. I don't don't mean like whitewashed racialism. I mean racialism. Like assholes who think on one hand, oh, I'm a Christian. Like I wish we didn't have an N-word for a president. Exactly. Absolutely. And then the next post they're going to put on there like, um, you know, my kids went to church camp and we're all going to blah 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 and thank thank the good lord for all of our blessings and i just put out the question how can you have both and then of course there's a uh, word for it hypocrite yeah and then further down one woman that i knew in high school she's younger than me her sister was in my class and she was like i'll explain it it's because the i don't know she quoted a bunch of stuff from the bible and i said that's fine i have no problem with religion at all believe what you want but live it right 
And then she goes on about how, well, we're not perfect and God understands and Jesus wasn't perfect and blah, 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 or whatever. It's about my relationship with God, not yours. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I said, that's fine, but it still doesn't answer my question of how when you know what you're doing is wrong according to this thing that you're using as your life guidebook in your life, which is fine. Use it. It saves people. It helps people. I love it. It's great. But then the flip side of that can be so hateful and stuff, right? So then she... She was, like, I was discussing, like, you know, just saying things about it and how I get it and blah, blah, blah. So then she resorts to what? Well, I remember in school you were really mean to yeah. me and you were really hateful to me. And but now I've you, forgiven you for You that reached kind of out thing. to me on Facebook and I thought, I didn't, I don't reach out to anybody. I might find people from my school. She and- turned the negative things about what she remembers about you into, like... I am awesome because I've forgived all that. Right. She, that's what she turned it into. <laughs> and I came back. Which and is said, what God people do, generally. Uh, yeah. I know I was a jerk. And I know I can be pointed. And I know I can be very blunt. And I know that I can be a little bit blind. Because when I actually truly believe something, I'm just like everybody else, I stick to it. And I will defend it, right? But the, the thing well, about me is... not just like everybody else. Well, the thing about me is I don't have this other thing that I have claimed to be that's supposed to wipe all of that away right i don't claim to be christian i don't claim to be a believer in anything i don't claim any of that because anything i ever think and say and do and the way that i interpret the experiences of my life the way that i see the world is all down to me it's how i digest things it's how i see my relationships with people it's things i've experienced that might then change the way i behave in the future I know this. It's life. You fall down, you scrape your knee because you tripped on a hole in the sidewalk. The next time you walk down that sidewalk, you try not to step in the hole. That, to me, is how you learn about life. I don't have Christianity over me. I I totally agree with a lot of the tenets of loads of religions. I don't have a problem with do not kill and don't screw your neighbor's wife and don't steal from people. I have no problem with that. It's obviously humans deciding we need to write down the best of us. What's the best thing about us that we can do? And how can we convince other people to follow a life that's not going to harm each other, right? That's fine. That's wonderful. Let's keep it up. But then don't flip it around on me and say, well, it's fine with me to be a racist asshole because, well, I'm not perfect and Jesus loves me anyway. And when I die, I'll be forgiven for my sins. It's bullshit. And I just thought it's like, (laughs) it's one of those things that goes nowhere except that we did, you know, I've got it out of my system. Obviously not completely, but the basic bottom line is don't be an asshole. Good talk. <laughs> so, thanks for listening to the show. I want to remind you about our website, ayschoolie.com, sidtalk.com. Um, you know, I just had this funny feeling that they wouldn't have heard none of this because it would just be blank. <laughs> but hopefully this is here this week. So, um, I want we'll to... test it. You can catch us both on Twitter, Facebook, Xbox Live, YouTube, Get Glue. <laughs> Google Plus, anywhere Whatever. on the internet Just look where up Ace people, or Sid Talk. C-I- where people are on the internet. My Sid Talk is C-I-D-T-A-L-K. You can catch this podcast on the iTunes Music Store, the Zoom Marketplace, or just go to acecully.com, click on the word podcast, all your RSS subscription needs will be met. Email feedback to me at acecully, acecully.com. Don't email Sid Talk. Because? And she really hates everything about all of you. No, I don't. <laughs> You're Only that one thing. You're all wretched. Only that one thing. Um, and Hippocra- Hippocrasy. Stay classy, Mr. Robert De Niro. 
pretty classy. Yeah. You're just doing a Robert De Niro face. Like, just hanging in there. Yeah, you talking to me? You talking to me? No, you talking to me. <laughs> and I'm going to say think for yourself. Really, truly think for yourself. Because in this life, if you don't do it, somebody's already doing it for you. <laughs> <laughs>